Oh hey, you're listening to Pep Talk, a podcast launched during the national lockdown in April 2020 to celebrate and support our favourite New Zealand businesses. Join Grace Creft, ex-lawyer and former owner of Sweet Bakery and Cakery, to hear about how some of our favourite businesses built their brands, the ups and downs along the way, and what we can do to support them, both now and once business as usual returns. So, are you ready for a little pep talk on your coffee break? Then here's your host, Grace. So for those of you who are used to grabbing your fresh pep talk every Monday, you'll notice that things are a little bit different this week. It is Tuesday and this week's episode has not gone live yet because this week I am mixing things up a little bit because I've joined forces with this week's episode with the amazing Sarah from the One Up Project podcast. One Up is all about financial literacy and self-development for young people. So every week on her podcast, Sarah covers topics and welcomes guests to talk about all of those things that we really should have been taught in school, but we weren't. Things like KiwiSaver, saving shares, home ownership, insurance, mindset, investing, and all of that good stuff. Like money, stuff like that could be kind of yawn, but I think that Sarah really brings the fun and makes all of this kind of heavy info presented in a digestible and entertaining way. And also just comes really naturally to her. So Sarah kicked off her One Up project a few months before Pep Talk launched at the beginning of 2020. And since then, we've kind of been like virtually cheering each other on from the sidelines via our DMs on Instagram ever since. And when she said that she's heading to Wellington, we knew that we had to take the opportunity to catch up and record a joint episode together. So come along for this week's chat where it's actually Sarah's going to be interviewing me all about my experiences in podcasting and business and life in general and career and likewise I at the end can't help but sneak in a few questions to fire back at Sarah especially because she's recently quit her job in accounting to pursue her passion her passion sorry a move that you know I am going to be super excited about so I hope that you enjoy this episode with a bit of a twist and thank you Sarah for making this happen Hey, how are you? Hi, I'm good. <laughs> Thank you for having me. No worries. Um, so I'm very keen to get into the pep talk journey, talk about how it started, and I guess like your general career as well, because this isn't your full-time gig, you've also got other things on the go. Um, so hearing all about that is going to be really interesting for everyone. And you started Pep Talk, which is another podcast in lockdown. Yeah. So that is very interesting, and it's popped off, so... Looking forward to getting into it. I think the first thing maybe we'll go into is uh, if you could sp- explain a little bit about what your day-to-day looks like these days and sort of what you spend a lot of your time doing. Yeah, yeah, of course. It is quite random at the moment. Like my, I kind of listening to you talk about what you want for your future, I was like, oh yeah, it sounds kind of familiar because I do like, I technically I work part-time. Yeah. So I work three days a week here and right now everyone we are recording at when I say here, we're at my work <laughs> at Six Barrel Soda Co. in Wellington. So I work three days a week here, two of those days from here and mm-hmm. one of them from my home, which is in the Wairarapa, like an hour away from here. Oh, yeah. wow. Okay. Yeah. So it alternates basically. I'll do like Monday, Wednesday, Friday here or working on this at home mm-hmm. and then a day in between. I do one day of pep talk. Well, pep talk and a bit of freelance social media cool. work that I do as well. And then the other day I have with my three-year-old. So nice. yeah, it's really cool because it kind of goes... 
I swap between yeah. them on each day, which I really no like. No day's the same. Yeah, no two days the same. And I love that because I feel like sometimes when you get to the end of a day, you're like, oh, I should do this again tomorrow. Mm. Like whatever you're doing, even if you love it, you're like, Definitely. oh, the grind. Like five yeah. days in a row, eight hours a day or more is like, you're not going to love anything after that long. Whereas I get to switch and like my three-year-old, is amazing but she drives me crazy so then I'm like oh I get to work tomorrow yeah and then then I'm like oh I get to hang out with her tomorrow yeah. so yeah it's really cool switching it around yeah that's awesome yeah. and what's your role here at Six Barrel Sodica? yeah I'm the marketing manager here or marketing and comms manager technically so cool. I've been here for two years and started after I saw my business which I'm sure we'll talk about yeah but I started just as like eight maybe eight hours a week com just doing comms like social um newsletters and stuff like that mm. and then slowly like <laughs> crept my way in more and worked up to marketing manager over the last couple of years oh that's awesome yeah and you're really enjoying you enjoy like the social media marketing side of a business and that kind of thing yeah I do yeah like we were just talking about before social media is a bit of a double-edged sword like it mm. is awesome but it is it's challenging For and sure. it's a lot to keep up with when you also have a million other things to keep up with in marketing, especially in a small business like this. Yeah, definitely. Like it's literally just me. Yeah. And and the owner. Yeah. Who's out there, you know? Like it's not there's no team, there's no even there's not even an assistant. It's mm. so I have to do everything. Yeah. yeah. It, it challenging but I'm sure very rewarding as well. Yeah. Yeah. Rewarding and fun. Yeah. Like Again, no two days the same. Like, even here, no two days are the same. Mm. Yeah, yeah. That's so cool. And so another one of the things that you've started is Pep Talk. So do you want to chat to us a bit about the story behind Pep Talk and what it is? Yeah, yeah. So you might have heard, you've probably heard this a bit. But, <laughs> yeah, so I started during lockdown. First, well, we only had one lockdown, but first lockdown. And I always kind of had it on my bucket list of being like, I'd love to start a podcast. I always love kind of like broadcasting and dreamed of going to radio school and stuff like that. So it was like, I always had a bit of an interest in it, mm. um, but which I'm sure we'll get into, had shelved that for law. So kind of similar to you as well. Mm. Um, and But it always been like niggling. And so I ordered a microphone online, not knowing what I was going to do with it. Ordered it right before lockdown when it was kind of imminent. And then was like, okay, it's not going to arrive because you know how the careers went crazy. Yeah. And then my husband walked in on like maybe day two of lockdown and was like, look what arrived. And it was a microphone. I was like, okay. Perfect timing. Yeah. I was like, that's a sign. Like yeah. I'm quite big on signs yeah. and I don't like to ignore them. I feel like you spot things like that for a reason. And so I was like, okay, it's happening. Mm. I've got the microphone. I've got no excuse. I've got time because my job here at Six Barrel cut down to five uh, hours instead of eight hours a day. Yeah. So I'm like, well, I've got three hours a day, three days a week. That's nine hours. I can do a lot with nine hours. Mm. And I'm the kind of person that wouldn't just be like, okay, I'll just watch Netflix for nine hours. Yeah. Or that I need something to do. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and in terms of how I decided what to do with Pep Talk, it was kind of because I missed business. Mm -hmm. Like I'd, it must have been like a year and a half since I sold my business and I missed that whole environment and I missed hearing about business and talking to business people in that like network that I had. Mm. So, and I also love how I built this. I don't know if you're a how yes, I built I know this how girl. I yeah. It's all good. I love that one too. Yeah, Guy Raz is mm. amazing. Yeah. yeah. Someone once, one of my friends actually, but I'll claim it, was like, oh, you're like the New Zealand Guy Raz. And I was oh. like, oh my God. That's amazing. <laughs> Biggest compliment ever. Yeah, yeah, that is such an amazing podcast. Yeah. He's so, he's so good. And it, yeah, the people on it are amazing. But I was like, I couldn't find a New Zealand equivalent. Yeah, okay. Um, and I wanted to tell tell stories in that kind of way about business. So, like, 
kind of relaxed and fun and interesting and um, not too formal, but really engaging. So that was kind of my plan. I was like, I want to create a New Zealand equivalent of how I built this. Yeah. And yeah, so it all came together. The microphone and the business stuff and that was Pep Talk. Yeah, it's so cool because I, I personally love hearing about um, Kiwi stories around business and yeah. because we are... I guess a nation of such entrepreneurial people and creative people. Um, it is really inspiring to hear those stories and a lot of them start from such humble beginnings as well, especially yeah. a lot of the ones I've heard from yours are brands, you know, I see all the time and count down on new world of massive markets and you think there's some big corporation, but they're really just like yeah. a husband and wife or a couple of friends behind it who started it all. So it's yeah. really cool. Yeah, so true. And like, that's my favorite part is like hearing about how they started and you know where they got the idea from and those kind of humble beginnings yeah. are amazing and yeah like fix and fog wasn't even that long ago that roman was selling them at a market in like yeah. a bowl like a bowling club in wellington and then now it's like in the usa and yeah the supermarket is like massive. yeah so i think it just makes it really accessible because mm. if you hear that part of it you're like okay well i could do that totally like that's doable but yeah. like if you look at the end result of it you'd be like oh no that's too Absolutely. much that's too scary yeah so You're it kind exactly of opens right. it up and like makes it seem more doable for sure and you've had your own business journey so tell us a little bit about that and yeah. so how that all went for you yeah so that's a whole nother chapter before this one was that I had a business that was a bakery and cake shop so we, it was called sweet bakery here in Wellington and we did cakes to order for like birthdays and weddings and corporate stuff and then also had cake shops we could go in and have a coffee and mm. um, I'd have a tea and a cupcake and things like that so it was kind of riding that whole cupcake trend when we started however many years ago it was um, and that kind of came from my passion for baking basically started out and at the time well I've always loved baking but when I was working as a lawyer that was kind of my like outlet on the side and I started a blog and this was like this is embarrassing because this was like back when blogs were <laughs> new this, I don't know how many years ago this was but blogging was not as much of a thing then as it is now and it's so embarrassing when you look at the blog post that's still out there What's but I'm the never going to blog? No, no it's so embarrassing <laughs> So, I've heard quite a few people starting oh. blogs and they're like, I will never ever share it. And I always wonder, oh, I'd love to see it. I bet it's oh, not even as bad as cringe, you think it is. cringe, but like not even, like the photography is shocking because obviously we didn't have iPhones then. Yeah, That's right. how old this was. Yeah. And it was called Cupcakes versus Contracts. Oh. Because I was a lawyer. <laughs> I love that. Such a play on words. Oh, it's okay. You don't have to be kind. It's no. really cringe. <laughs> It's not cringe at all, but that's very funny. But yeah, there you go. So I started that. I was working as a lawyer. It was like my passion, my like fun thing on the side. And then um, I did two years in law. I know you did you did nine months. And yes. I like totally respect you for leaving earlier because I totally would have. But I was like following, the, you know, the rule that you've heard that you have to mm. stay for two years to explain it on your CV and all mm. that. But I'm to I totally now agree with your take on it. Oh, excuse me. But at the time, I was like, okay, two years. Put a yep. deadline on it. I can survive two years. Um, and it's like a test, right, of like if you actually like it. Like I felt like totally. I should give it a, a red hot crack and be like, okay, is this actually have – have I wasted five years of a law degree or not? <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> yeah, de definitely. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's good to kind of be sure about yeah. that before you can it, I guess. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so um, finished the job in law after two years – 
learned baking in the UK on my OE and then came back and started Sweet Bakery. Wow. And I think we had it for five years in the end and grew it to like two shops. Um, Production kitchen where we did all the cakes to order. So we had like three commercial leases and 13 team members, I think it was by the end. Wow. Yeah. Built up quite a little like good business there. Mm. And so... I guess that's quite an interesting story moving from law into having your own business. Was having your own business always something you wanted or knew you were going to do? Yeah, it, I don't know. That's an interesting one because I feel like when I look back to my childhood, you know how some people could be like, I always knew I was going to be an entrepreneur because I had like a lemonade stand. That's like the classic yeah. <laughs> one that people say. Yeah. And I don't know if I thought business was definitely in my future necessarily but I think that was purely because I didn't see it Mm. like I don't know how you find it but I feel like you're very colored of what you think of by what you see around you and like my mum was a lawyer and my dad is an engineer so I only ever saw men and women go out to work for eight hour days five days a week and come home I never saw any like alternate path Mm. and so I think that's why maybe if I had seen entrepreneurship in my close circle I would have thought yeah that's what I'm gonna do but I didn't and so I but I do think that I was always a bit of a creator when I was little not not a creative but like I used to um start like animal clubs and hold little market stores to raise money for little animal sanctuaries You're a leader. and th- that kind of thing yeah like yeah. making things happen yeah and like yeah setting things up bringing people along for the ride like that kind of thing yeah I could definitely see in my path mm. um and so I think actually that's what business is basically is like creating things and bringing people f- along for the ride, right? Yeah, definitely. So it kind of makes sense in retrospect. Yeah, yeah. I, I never saw myself as uh, um, someone in business or not anything like that either. But and I never would have called myself a creator either. But I definitely always tried to do different things. Like I tried to sell paper at kindergarten <laughs> and like make glasses out of paper and sell Amazing. them. And the paper was free. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, paper I stole from my parents and <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> tried to sell them off to people. Um, thinking that they were real glasses. Don't know what I was thinking. But I think the the whole exchanging something you do for mm. something else, like that exchange is always real yeah. interesting to me. And yeah. so I resonate with that as well. It's like you don't you don't know that that's that's what it is, but you're kind of showing like the interest in, in doing yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, totally. And I even had like websites. This is also really embarrassing. But um, <laughs> when I was younger, I really liked Hanson the band. Oh yeah, you probably haven't even heard of because you're too young. But I was so into it that I had a website for Hanson. So like things oh, like wow. that where I'd like put like yeah. a fan website. That's like actually quite onto it though to create yeah, a I think it was only. Or nine or something, and I was like back in editing a website. Whoa, that's really full on. Yeah, obviously, it was a really weird (laughs) child. No, I love that. That's so cool. And so, making the jump from being a lawyer to owning your own business, I'm sure, wasn't an easy decision to make. And so, were you quite nervous for that? Or, yeah, I think I was, but I think like it's. It's always nerve-wracking when you put yourself out there for stuff. Like, I think you'd be a freaky robot if you didn't find that nerve-wracking. But that's more of, like, just putting... You're just vulnerable, right? You're, like, putting yourself out there for judgment and setting yourself up for potential failure. Yeah, like, that is always scary. Mm. But I think if you... If you looked back at it, say, if you, like, asked my husband who was there at the time what my predominant feeling was, I reckon it would be more excitement than nerves. Like, definitely a bit of both. I'm not a freaky robot. I definitely felt scared. But I just love, like, 
the early stages of setting things up. So like that time when I was like planning the business and, um, you know, like doing the website, we know, you know, I like websites, like <laughs> making the website and um, doing the photos and the recipe development and the branding and all of the structure and strategy and the marketing plans and stuff. Like, I love that. So I reckon I would have been like buzzing at that time. Mm. And it was like seven or eight years ago now, seven years ago. So I can't quite remember, but I, that's what I remember is that just feeling of excitement and like the potential and the possibility of it all and bringing it all together so much fun yeah for sure and I think like, a, a lot of people who eventually want to I guess make their little side hustle their thing a bit more independent they have that excitement around it and they feel inspired and, and they have all those dreams and how would you suggest someone else go about turning their hobby or side thing into more of a permanent job or full-time ro- role yeah, I think there's like there's a few different approaches that people tend to take and like some people would do like say what you've done and like quit your job although you were working on this as before that as a side hustle but some people would keep that going as a side hustle for a long time and then some people would just go all in um, and I don't really know what's the right answer necessarily for like it varies for person to person but what I would say my I reckon my tip would be to do whatever you need to do to feel confident because I think the confidence in yourself and the whole plan is the absolute key to doing something like that like just knowing that you can do it basically so whatever you need to do to feel that confidence that's what I reckon you should do so like a lot of people would be like do I need to do a course or learn accounting or go on a website building course or like do a bakery course in my case and I think the answer is if that's going to give you the confidence to do it, then yes, do it. But don't just do it because you think you should. I think that that kind of makes sense? Yeah, I think that is a really, really good advice because I agree. I think the self-belief piece and being confident Mm -hmm. is so key to developing what it is you want to do and actually pushing it further despite the challenges and the hardships that might come along with it. Totally. yeah, I think, like you said, the self-belief thing is so important and it will look different to everyone. Yeah. So you've just got to work out what it is that is going to make you feel the most confident going in and the most, I guess, like the most convinced that this can work out or yeah. it is possible. Yeah, because whatever, like there's so much value in you believing that it's going to work. That's basically totally. all you need. Yeah. Because like as long as you genuinely believe it's going to work and have that confidence, it will, Yeah. basically. Like it's that whole cheesy... Um, Henry Ford, if you think you can or think you can't, you'll be right. I yeah. like that. It, I know it's super overused quote, but it's so true. It like, is so true. I've yeah. been told that ever since I was a kid, my dad used to push that quote mm. like so much. And good, good dad. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I've always believed that as well. So I, I think that's really, really good advice. Yeah. And just do it as well. Like that's the other yeah. thing is like whatever you figured out you need to do, just start doing it. Yeah. Just because a lot of times like – you feel like in order to start, and I talk about this quite a lot on Pep Talk, but in order to start, you think you have to have the whole thing planned out yeah. and you know where it's going and this is going to happen and this and this will work and whatever. Yeah. But you don't actually need to know exactly what it's going to look like. You just need to do the first step. Yeah. And it, it might look totally different when it actually plays out. Just, but something yeah. will happen. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I was going to say on to that, I mean, you can plan it out as much as you want and it most likely won't go to plan anyway. Mm. 
there'll yeah. be challenges that come up and so for you have you what are your most like memorable challenges and how have you built some resilience to those oh so many like <laughs> business is hilarious it's so difficult yeah. but it's so amazing like it's one of, it's kind of like being a parent it's like the most amazing thing you'll do but also the hardest thing mm. and I think it's not surprising that those things are correlated um but I'm sure there's like a million uh very specific examples of challenges but I think on a higher level for me I found my kind of sensitivity quite a challenge like I mm. am just naturally quite a sensitive person I'm quite empathetic is yep. that the right word yeah yeah so I feel other people's feelings you're an empath really deeply Take yeah on. yeah and that's great in some places but in business it's not always great so like if we'd have like a customer that was not happy or a, a team member that was in a funk that day I would genuinely like feel so concerned and like it would be like the end of the world and I'd be so worried and just genuinely upset myself and I think that that did kind of help, help hold me back hold me back a little bit because it's like you need you do need to a certain extent in business to be slightly ruthless about things not all mm. the time um but I struggled with that a lot like just feeling things too much maybe too much but I would also say on that like it can be a good thing like the fact that you feel it means that you care about it because if you didn't feel anything you're just like oh, it doesn't matter whatever you don't care enough like mm. you you need a bit of both basically um and I'm also wary of not shutting down that kind of feminine energy that comes with being quite sensitive and caring and worrying about people because yeah. that's like a nurturing thing that's great like you don't want to squash that um but just yeah maybe finding a balance between those things I didn't quite crack from my kind of business days yeah. I'm still working on it it's quite interesting that that is something that is a big part of your personality but then you were going to go into law because <laughs> yeah. I feel like it's a lot of people who go into law probably it would be quite hard to be that empath and still do your job without feeling mm. no matter what type of law you're in I feel like mm. that could be quite hard as well yeah definitely and like there's definitely shade different shades to law and different types mm. of law and different law firms and a law looks different but yeah I mean I was going down a path of like corporate managed funds law like it's not an empath's world <laughs> it's like very cut and dry and like black and white and not particularly personality based I think yeah and I yeah. think to a certain extent when you're a business owner like you want you want to be ruthless but I think it's important to like you say have that human element to it as mm. well and you you've got to hold the respect but you also want the people around you to see you as a leader who can still relate to the staff or mm. you know the customers and that kind of thing yeah yeah such a double so yeah such a balancing act um and yeah like I say work in progress comes with age a bit as well I think like yeah. figuring out what to take what matters as much and what doesn't and holding things lightly that's what I try and do now yeah I'm just gonna hold this lightly yeah it's definitely. not the end of the world yeah <laughs> yeah for sure I'm totally zen as you can yeah, tell yeah it's so zen you're yeah. so relaxed I love it <laughs> And so transitioning into what you're doing now, how did you then decide to leave the business world and then come back into sort of more employment side of things? Because I feel that also would have been quite hard for you. Yeah, yeah. A couple of different things in that kind of space, I think. Part of it, which I know that you touched on a little bit, was the ego side of things. Mm -hmm. Like you talked about in your episode about leaving your job. It's like 
you have to check your ego with it. And I felt that the other way around from yeah, leaving business and going back to paid employment because there is a certain, like, you know, when you're in business, it's like a, it's an interesting thing to say, right? Like, if you're at a dinner party, you're like, oh, I'm a lawyer. People are like, okay, cool. <laughs> but if you're like, I own a cupcake business, it's like, oh, that's so cool. Tell me yeah. about that. So there was a certain element of being like, what if I'm just not an interesting person anymore when I stop doing this? Um, but my sister was just like, that's just your ego. Yeah. Just leave that behind. That's <laughs> not going to help anyone. Um, so that was an interesting one, which I thought you might relate to. Mm. Um, but basically, the the way that I kind of figured it out was I, and this was my sister as well, actually, that helped me with this, who was like, what do you like about what you're doing at Sweet? This was when I was still there trying to figure out the next step. And just like basically listed everything I do day to day and what my favorite parts were and what my least favorite parts were. And then basically tried to find a role that filled the favorite parts. It was that simple. Yeah, like, it seems um, like smart. Yeah, yeah. I was like, what do I, I want to do? And like with Sweet, it was like I wanted to do the marketing and the brand and the um, kind of the website and the marketing strategy and the specials and promos and new products and all that. That's what I found fun. And I didn't so much enjoy that well, because of my sensitivity issues. Struggled with managing staff, didn't mm. like the finances, found like tax and PAY and GST very stressful and the financial side of things very hard so that was pretty cut and dry to me yeah so I was like okay well I want to do the marketing side of things I want to do it for a brand that I like and respect and think will be fun to work with and think has a lot of potential and things and that's kind of how I ended up here I just hustled my way into Six Barrel I just emailed Joe and was like do you need some help with marketing and wow got got myself a job and I had I haven't got rid of me since yeah, that's yeah. so cool. I think that a lot of people can miss that approach of getting a job as well, like how you've just gone out and emailed a company who you like the look of. I feel a lot of people don't do that anymore. Mm. They just think, oh, well, if they're not advertising, they're not looking kind of thing. Yeah. But now I feel jobs, like companies, a lot of the time they don't just do the usual seek or, mm-hmm. you know, webs trade me jobs or whatever. Sometimes they'll advertise on social media mm-hmm. and things like that. So it's always worth reaching out to brands yeah. that you enjoy and seeing if you can do work for them as well. Definitely. Yeah. Both of those, like people, oftentimes brands will just advertise on social because they want to catch their crowd. Mm-hmm. Like they want to find someone who's interested in their brand genuinely not just interested in a job yeah and that's a really great way of reading that out because you have to know about or you have to be interested in the brand to see it for sure but then there's also that a lot of businesses especially small businesses know that they need help with things but they just don't even have time to look for that person Mm. like employing someone is quite a long like it takes a while you have to advertise and interview and you have to pay for the ad on seek or whatever yeah it's not a quick thing that's going to happen overnight so oftentimes the business owner at the back of their head will be like i know i need help with social media Mm. but i'm never going to get around to looking for them so if something pops in their inbox that's well presented enthusiastic friendly seems legit they'll be like okay let's chat yeah and that's all it takes but you're right a lot of people don't really think of that yeah yeah and so when you look back on your um journey this is just a random question I've just thought of mm-hmm. when you sort of look back on your journey of doing law starting a business pep talk now six barrel soda <laughs> co how, how do you feel like it all makes sense looking at it backwards or yeah like how does that look for you now that you've sort of done it all and you can kind of look back at that journey in hindsight I do I do think it makes sense for me I think some people would look at it and be like wow you've had a really random career you can't settle <laughs> in a job but for me, looking back at it, the the path 
makes perfect sense. Mm. I, I mean, the law part obviously doesn't fit into anything else, but that was what I needed to do to figure out that I didn't want to do it. Yep. So it does still fit in. Um, but that is something I'm conscious of. Like, I don't want to be seen as being, like, flitty and flighty and not able to commit or settle or not having a proper career and stuff. Like, it's definitely a bit of a trigger for me because I'm mm. like, oh, I hope that's not what people think. But... I think if you're smart, smart, you can join the dots yeah. back between those things. That's interesting you say that because for me, looking at someone's career like yours, I would think that you are just someone who's extremely proactive and like willing to take risks because you did something that was so within the books of you know doing the right thing, going to uni mm. and studying a good degree, and then you went out on your own and took a risk in starting your own business, which is really admirable. And then you even decided to move on from that into something that you'd enjoy more. So to me, it looks like you're almost just curating your life in the way that makes you happiest. Mm. And that's really inspirational for someone who, like, I don't know where I'm going to end up. And looking at my career now, I have said this to so many people, I feel like I'm just going in blind. It's really (laughs) cool to see that you have moved through some different industries and you're still enjoying what you do. So you've really just taken it upon yourself to make those decisions for yourself which Mm. is yeah just really cool to see Mm, thank you yeah and I think that you are so on the right track with that and that's the main reason that makes me say that is because you're so you're being so led by values Mm. and that's exactly the way that I've always done it and you know you're discovering the kind of time money happiness trade-off right now between um you know, how much do I want to work in exchange for how much money and how much, you know, what sacrifice do I make for my happiness for money and all of that. It's like such a journey. And Mm. that I think has really helped me making all these decisions um, is that they've all been linked by my values. And that is a lot of that for me is time with my family. So that's really informed it. And that's a big part of the, you know, decision to leave business and work part time is time with my husband and my daughter. Um, Because like, you know, you don't get time back Mm. but you can always make more money and all of that stuff can come you know in the future or whatever um and I think you'd be surprised at how you can have a beautiful and fun life with not as much money as you think you need yeah I think and so it's just knowing what's important to you basically and that help using that to guide your decisions which is exactly what you're doing yeah I think that's really cool I, I I feel I'm quite big on like my morals and, ge- and values in general life. Mm-hmm. Like it's just always been something that I've been quite strongly mm-hmm. guided by. And so to hear that is quite um, comforting because I think sometimes what what the right thing in air quotes is for, some, for anyone is sort of it overtakes what you personally would want to do or mm-hmm. what you value with your time. Yeah. So it's cool to hear that you've followed that and it's like worked out for you and – yeah in my eyes like you're really successful so (laughs) yeah yeah it's a work in progress but it's good and I think I will have another business one day like yeah I I think business is my thing yeah whether that's a business podcast my own business or working in a business like Mm. I am now that's what I'll be doing now that's my thing yeah yeah and it's so cool that you know that as well like to be able to identify that is really important Mm. and so with pep talk how's it been running it now and I suppose what are your thoughts and goals and dreams there if you feel comfortable sharing yeah (laughs) yeah I don't know (laughs) is the answer to that like kind of similar to where you're at like yeah I'm I'm not really sure and at the moment especially for me I'm trying to figure out the balance between pep talk and my job um I don't think it's something that I want to ever be a job for me like I have made, I've kind of spent a lot of time thinking about it and I think I want to keep it as a hobby yeah so kind of opposite 
probably to where you're heading with with yours but um that's just because of where I've been and where I'm going and everything Mm. and I'm kind of at a stage now where I want to hone in on this career side of things and what I'm doing so I think hopefully I can keep it going as a hobby and it can be sustainable but then also my kind of perfectionist tendencies are like I want to I don't want to keep going and half-ass it yeah I want to if I'm doing it I want it to be awesome so Mm. I'm just yeah very up in the air right now yeah 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 I totally understand that I'm like I definitely um have left my job obviously to put more time into this but I also want to make sure I have something independent to this as well and Mm -hmm. be working on a a career that makes me happy um as well as doing something that feels rewarding and is providing value to other people so like trying to find what that balance in between is and what gives you the best of both worlds is quite Mm. an interesting hard thing to work out yeah I don't think there's an easy answer but I guess again it's just like being guided by your values on it and what feels right to you yeah yeah and so moving into like your favorite episodes from pep talk (laughs) what have some of the highlights been there and the golden nuggets of information you've taken away yeah I think it's really hard to choose a favorite you probably find the same thing because they're so different like the chats are so different and I think there's a real mixture of like I've talked to quite a few people I know Mm -hmm. on the podcast which is so much fun because when it's like someone you've known for a while and you have like a similar sense of humor, like you're just like gas bagging for an hour totally. and you're like cackling, laughing yeah. and it's like you come out of it like glowing. So it's, it was so much fun. <laughs> I just caught up with a friend and stuff. But then there's also people we've had on like um, Brianne West from Etique, which yeah. is like probably the biggest business I think that I've had on. And that is like so inspiring. Mm. Uh, She's amazing. Yeah. Just what they're doing. You should, you guys should listen to that one because it's yeah. so interesting to hear what they're up to. And she is very inspiring personally. So, yeah, I'm not going to pick a favorite. It's too hard. Um, But definitely a mixture of those, yeah, things for different reasons. Um, And I think it's like the vibe. Like sometimes a chat will really kind of surprise you if you have like a really good energy with the person and the convo's flowing and you Mm. like, you, the, hour disappears like instantly. You've just like flowed. But then sometimes you'll do one where it's like, okay, question, answer. Yeah. Pause and you're like, oh god, this is not flowing. And <laughs> the like, nerves are building up. Yeah. You're like, oh. <laughs> and then you run out of questions. Yeah. It's all you haven't like yarned. You've just yeah. been like, okay, cool. Yeah. Next question. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, there's a real mixed bag. Um, but I think, like I said, in terms of nuggets, I think the biggest thing is just the starting thing, mm. um, which we've already kind of talked about. But that just just starting, like no one's business now looks like now what it looked like at the beginning so just not being intimidated by what what things are like now Mm. that puts you off having a go like remember to look at people's beginning when you're like looking for inspiration I reckon that's been a big thing that I've learned from this yeah yeah it's not gonna be perfect on day one yeah exactly I think some people are so attached to the idea of perfectionism as well that Mm. you don't end up starting and that's when the what if questions Mm. come through um yeah and you get paralyzed yeah paralysis I call it yeah yeah I listened to one of your solo episodes around that and I was was like yeah that's so true (laughs) yeah yeah I tried to put in some tips about like how to overcome that because it's definitely a thing but it's like what do we do about it and I have it as well um, mm. But I always remember, done is better than perfect. And I use that for quite a lot of stuff. Mm. I just think, like, action is more valuable than perfection, basically. 
Totally. Ooh, I just came up with a new one. <laughs> yes, quote I like there. that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll put that on a quote. Yeah, yes. <laughs> yeah. I always um, say that as well, like talking about progress and how, you know, any progress is good progress, and it's just a necessary part of moving forward. Mm-hmm. And whether it's success or failure, um, you've learned something. And yeah. I think knowing what you don't want to do, what you don't like, can be just as valuable is finding out what you do like mm, so so true yeah people mm. say that because um quite often people are like how do you feel about you know time you wasted like you wasted five years of a law degree and two Who years of managed funds <laughs> sure people have definitely asked that like, maybe Jeez. not maybe they don't think that but they've asked it like yeah, do yeah, i feel like yeah. that and i'm always like no because it, it helped me figure out i didn't want to do that and mm. i would always wondered and i would always have yeah. been like have i wasted five years but i found out yeah. yeah and also you always use things you learn right like you'll use things you learned in your time as a grad mm. for years to come maybe not the specific stuff but the skills and the you know the things you learned in the business and the people you met and nothing is ever wasted yeah totally. I totally agree and so with the podcast being born out of COVID are there any lessons you've learned through the pandemic that you now sort of apply now going forward I think the main thing for me is all about mindset. I think that's been the biggest thing that I've got out of this year. Like, not just the podcast, but COVID. Like, this year, we all know has been a total shit show. Like, everyone knows that. But And I don't want this to sound, like, arrogant or anything, but I've had one of the best years of my life this year. Cool. I'm happy to hear that. Yeah, it's just so... It feels wrong. And I definitely... I do want to, like, check my privilege on that because I know, relatively speaking, I'm in a very lucky position... Um, like I have employment and it's not a risk touch wood and I have I at the time of the um, pandemic I had a house without a mortgage and a family I like it just I know how lucky I am but also like I've made the best of it Definitely. I think yep. and that's the secret like you could could easily have gone into that and been like oh this is such a nightmare like soaked up all the negative media and been like it's the end of the world this sucks mm-hmm. and you can get really caught up in that because open instagram and you'll see a meme straight away about how shit 2020 is yes. but actually like it's what you make it like if you yeah if you um make the best of situations and opportunities and have a certain mindset and don't expose yourself to too much negativity you can make amazing things happen no matter what is going on externally. I totally agree. I think you've got to find the opportunities as well. Like a mm. lot of the time, they're not just going to pop up right in front of you when you've got that negative mindset. You've actually mm. sometimes just got to seek them out and find yeah. um, the the good parts of what is a, a total shit show, as you say. <laughs> yeah, good. that's another good quote. Total yeah. shit show. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And like, um, just... Yeah, things are what you make them. I think that's the biggest thing is like yeah. you can look at the same thing and be negative or positive and it'll totally change everything. And it all like flows on from one thing to another. So I've done a lot of personal work on mindset and I mm. want to keep learning about that. And I think it's a massive area that I'm only scratching the surface on, mm. but so valuable. Um, and yeah, I think that's the main thing really. Like pep talk has really helped me celebrate this year. Yeah. That's so awesome to hear. I think self-development and um, personal upskilling is so important in general life, but specifically when something like this is happening and you feel like nothing more could possibly go wrong in your year, that's when I think (laughs) investing in yourself is so key. Yeah, 
and again is never going to be wasted mm-hmm. yeah but it's also whatever feels right to you like I'm the kind of person that when lockdown hit and I had extra time in my day what was going to make me happy was having a project and I knew that because I know myself quite well so I was yeah. like okay that's what I need but equally the same person could have been like what I need is to lie on the couch and watch Netflix for three hours and like no judgment if that was yeah. what I knew was going to make me feel good I would have done that too so it's just yeah knowing yourself again knowing your values and doing something about it yeah totally yeah. I think knowing yourself is such a big part of that um, because I'm a big believer in that with social media and that kind of thing, it can get you down, but you need to take responsibility for yourself in that sense. Mm-hmm. And if you are following people who make you feel like shit or, you know, are bringing you down or make you feel like you're being really unproductive, then you mm-hmm. need to change what you're looking at on social media. Yeah. Like the one up project Instagram for, for me is a super positive place. Mm-hmm. When I look through my stories, I'm just inspired by the people. Yeah. It motivates me to keep working on what I'm working on. Um, whereas for other people, they would go onto the Instagram feed and it would just instantly deflate them and make them feel mm-hmm. so horrible about their life and themselves. Yeah. And that, I think, responsibility at the end of the day comes back on you to change what you're looking at. Yeah, um, I definitely agree. I think yeah. you can feel like that's out of your control. Like You can feel like it's just presented to you when you open the app, but you are 100% in control of what's showing up on there. I mean, apart from the ads, because they, yeah. you know, they all have the, the power on that. Yeah. But, and we use them for things, so that's fine. Yeah. But like you you can curate that to be what you want it to be. And I think it's really valuable to check yourself after you come off an app and mm. be like, how am I feeling right now? Like, how is this making me feel? And if you've seen a post that's made your heart be like, mm. change that, because you can easily do that. Yeah, yeah, I agree. The yeah. unfollow button is always there. Very powerful. Yeah. Although sometimes you're like, can I unfollow a friend? Or yeah. Maybe, like, <laughs> maybe oh, friends might blacklisted. be mute from the story or something. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe just turn off the notifications on that one. Yeah. Oh, this has been so awesome. Thank you so much for your time, Grace. It I really has. appreciated this chat. Yeah, I've loved it. So thank you for having me. Before you go, I do just want to pick your brain a little yeah. bit as well while I've got I you on. I would love to answer some questions. Yeah, because I have just loved following your journey. So Sarah started the One Up Project a few months before Pep Talk. I started in January. January. Okay. So I started in April. So like three months maybe before. And it was an interesting one because like when you start something like that and then you see someone else that started something and we're not the same topic, but we overlap a little bit. And like your first instinct is to be like, oh no, someone else has done it. Like, even though it's not the same, but I checked myself on that real quick and it's like, this is amazing. And like, I feel like we've asked each other questions and yeah. I've just been really inspired by what you're doing and I like use you as a source of inspiration in this whole podcasting world that I know nothing about <laughs> and you I'm like totally us. making it up <laughs> as I go along yeah. uh, and it's just really nice to see what someone else is doing and then also really respect the content that you're putting out there with for young people especially but also the move that you've just made so I really mm. want to hear about this so for everyone listening Sarah has just left her job which was at PwC accounting firm yeah. uh, where you were a grad working there so I know that you've talked about this a bit on your podcast but if you don't mind sharing with the pep talk crowd mm. a bit about that move so maybe to start with a bit about like the why behind that I think is really helpful and just telling yeah. that story a little bit yeah for sure so I guess the story it kind of starts for me back in high school almost <laughs> so I I got a scholarship to go to um university and it was with PwC so it was a PwC scholarship mm. and they one of the requirements of the scholarship was to major in either accounting finance information systems or 
economics, so all the boring ones. <laughs> hey, and I did eco. <laughs> eco is awesome. <laughs> the rest of them, eh? Yeah. So I didn't even realise that till my second year, and I was um, thinking, okay, well, what am I going to do? What's going to be the most relevant here? And I thought accounting will probably be the one that I could pull into different parts of my life and probably will give me the best base knowledge that I can use later on mm-hmm. so I was like I'm gonna do that and probably the only one that I felt I was capable of actually doing <laughs> as well so yeah so I decided to do accounting as my major and then I got an internship through that scholarship as well so it was a very mm-hmm. amazing opportunity like just unreal I was pretty much yeah guaranteed a potential corporate job yeah. while I was in uni and did they pay for your whole uni no, it was it. seven grand towards it, oh, but yeah, okay. it was back in the Still day when <laughs> they don't like um, check with study links. So they just deposited oh. like two and a half k each year into my bank account. Oh, hello. well, that's not bad. And yeah, yeah as I was 18, <laughs> 19 years old, I was not using that money for my degree. <laughs> so let's just say none of that went towards my degree. But anyway, um, when you get two and a half k in your bank account and you're 19 years old, the last yeah. thing you want to spend it on is your exactly. It's like course-related costs. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So um, anyway, fast forward, the internship led to a grad role. Mm. And I was like, this is an amazing amazing opportunity. Everyone around me was telling me, you know, you can't pass this sort of opportunity up. It's so, Mm. so good. And I agree with them. I was like, yep, this is a big four accounting firm. People would kill to have this sort of opportunity. And every time I would tell someone, they would be like, wow. And I was always kind of shocked by that because to me it wasn't a big deal. Mm. But I just don't think I actually... um, put as much weight on working in a corporate yeah. role as other people did. Yeah, which is probably a bit of a sign. Like, yeah. People were like, is this cool? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was kind of how I was feeling. But because I was sort of told by everyone it was such a good opportunity, I just did it. Mm-hmm. And so I jumped into the role. I knew within the first week I didn't like it. I knew in my internship that I wouldn't be what I was going to do. And I can say that now because I'm out of the job, but mm. I would never have admitted that to you if yeah. you had asked me while I was working there. Um, and then we had been in the office for about three weeks and then lockdown hit and then we were in working from home for the next four weeks and pretty much most of the time up until I left really. So that was right after you started. Yeah. And so that kind of hindered the social part of it as well. It was hard to get to know people. I wasn't liking the job. I was stuck in my bedroom. I think all of that kind of started contributing to me just like not liking it. Mm -hmm. And I'd started the podcast and that was sort of really giving me a sense of purpose and fueling my motivation and it was quite hard to work on uh, work for PwC at home while I really just wanted to be doing stuff with mm-hmm. the podcast and so as my love for the podcast grew my love for my job decreased mm-hmm. and yeah it just got to the point where I was like this isn't what I want to do and I know that I should probably stay here for longer I said to myself you know you at least need to stick it out a year and then I just got to a couple months ago and I thought no I'm not going to do that because I've been told this whole year by every guest I've had on that you should take risks be curious Mm -hmm. and just follow your heart essentially and my heart and my gut was telling me that you shouldn't stay in this job Mm -hmm. and so I decided I'm just going to resign and I think it was a bit of a shock to most people working there and the people around me because again such a good opportunity why would a grad want to leave this sort of role people would kill to be in that position and they genuinely would and so there was a lot of guilt around that because I felt like I should really be appreciating this opportunity that I was given Um, but also I would have felt just as guilty taking the opportunity away from someone who had wanted a lot more than me and I would Mm -hmm. much rather they have someone who's wanting to work their way up the hierarchy and that kind of thing 
So, yeah, I've resigned and now I think I'm like three weeks out of the job, feeling good, no regrets and, yeah, just keen to see how it all goes. Yeah, I can kind of like imagine the feeling. Mm. I guess because it's probably not that dissimilar to when I left my law job, but it just feels like, I don't know, a big breath of like totally just like it just opens everything up definitely it felt like my opportunities had just gone from like the small window to just like woof like way open which Mm. is interesting considering it was sort of um it will advertise to you as being this thing that can just open up so many opportunities and don't get me wrong like the people I met were amazing I really could have leveraged off the name and the opportunity Mm. a lot more than what I did Mm. and the networking but it just in my heart wasn't right for me and I felt like I was going in there every day lying to myself Mm. and to everyone there which also added to the guilt um so that was hard too but so I don't have any regrets about leaving because I think for me I've always believed that if you follow your gut and your heart and that was what was right for you at the time you can't regret that yeah so yeah yeah Yeah, that's so true as long as you felt Whatever you feel later, mm. as long as at the time you did it, it felt like the best thing and the right thing and felt yeah. like you, then that you can't, yeah, like you say, you never look back on that with anger. You'd be like, that was at the time the right thing. Exactly. It's the same for studying as well. Like if people say, oh, do you regret, like I said, spending so much time on mm. degree? It's like, well, no, because at the time it actually felt like the right thing for me to do mm. and that's what I wanted to do and I wouldn't have gone through with the whole degree had mm. I not felt it was right at the time. Mm. So. And you never know, right? Like you yeah. probably... Well, who knows? You might not even have had, have your podcast now if you hadn't have all those years ago done that. I don't actually think I would have. You just, so, yeah, yeah. Who knows? It's like you just never know what's going to come from an opportunity and Definitely. rolling with it and waiting and see is waiting to see is really hard, but can result in the best stuff. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, if I think about the motivation for me starting the podcast, it was pretty much because someone I interned with was telling me how I can change my KiwiSaver to like grow oh, yeah. bigger yeah. in the future. And I didn't know that you could even do that. And so him telling me that made me think, why is no one taught this in school? Which eventually led me to thinking there needs to be some sort of resource about this. So never would have met him had I not done the internship, had I not done the scholarship. Probably wouldn't be here right now. Exactly. Yeah, (laughs) like it's just, yeah, exactly right. You can't regret anything because you just don't know what would have happened otherwise. And Mm. that kind of takes us on to what the plan is going forward. Mm. And I know that's probably quite a scary question to ask you right now because you're three weeks in. (laughs) But I know like you seem like the kind of person that will have some kind of at least a rough plan of like what happens next? Like what's the plan? Is it all one up or are you going to do a business on the side of that or a job? Yeah, I think I definitely want to build a career independent of the podcast as well Mm -hmm. and build up a bit of a brand personal brand for myself um but I definitely want to build the podcast into something bigger than it is now and really make it a a practical resource for people that is real and relatable for me the point of having the podcast has always been to bring a really casual candid um honest and approachable voice to what can be such a boring stale (laughs) tired um area because I focus on financial literacy and self-development which self-development is always quite fun but financial literacy is (laughs) is the hard part I used to work in KiwiSaver yeah what you mean (laughs) yeah yeah exactly so but so important and can like lead to so many exciting fun things in life it's like the basis of it all right it's so important and I think what makes it interesting is when you can when it's relatable to your life and Mm. so that's what I always try to help people out with 
um, in this and I definitely just want to make that as big as I can. I think the candidness and and the relatability of it is also what's going to get me into trouble but (laughs) I think I need to keep that for it to be genuine to who I am and true to my values as we were talking about earlier. So the plan long term for it is a little bit unclear but I think it's just to build up both my own personal brand and the One Up Project personal brand and take only the opportunities that align with the things that I enjoy, um, mm. similar to what you've done with your career. So, Cool, yeah. It's so interesting being on the outside of it because like, you say that and like that's so exciting. I'm like, mm. oh my God, the, like just the, how much potential you have right now is just like <laughs> bursting out of you and it excites me so much for you. But I also know how like terrifying that yeah. must be. I'm so scared. <laughs> yeah, especially to have people asking you all the time. Like I imagine, yeah. like all your mum's friends are like, yeah. "What's Sarah doing?" Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. And you're yeah. like, I don't actually know. They're That's like, "Oh, what... she's unemployed right now and just doing this podcast mm. thing." And I think they're all a bit like, "Oh my god, like oh, what? What's a podcast?" Yeah, yeah. What's a podcast? <laughs> How do you make money out of that? Yeah, that's probably the number one question I yeah. get asked. And every time I, I started with trying to make it some kind of an excuse, like, "Oh, well, you can do this, that," and, mm. and then now I'm just like, "I have no idea." You can't really monetize it, it, but you know, we're rolling with it. And you can, you'll figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and I think the concept of what you're doing is the is just amazing. Like the idea of, of Thank you. like teaching people what they should have been taught. And I've you know, that comes up a bit. It's like, why didn't we learn that? Mm. We learned all the stuff that I mean, we're not directly using, I'm sure we are in some way, but why didn't we learn about, you know, like insurance and investing and paying your bills and tax and what all It's so frustrating. Yeah. So you should be like a mandatory life skills class eh? yeah and I think it's becoming a lot more common now where schools are having to do or they're choosing to bring in financial literacy courses and things it definitely is becoming a lot more common but I still think a big part of that is making people interested in it like it's one thing just telling people but it's a whole Mm. other thing than actually taking it in yeah engaging Mm. in it and wanting to focus on that Mm -hmm. um because originally I really wanted to target that sort of high school to uni age but what I've realized is that a lot of my audience is actually 25 to 35 Mm. and they struggle with it because they became an adult and everyone just expected them to know what they were doing yeah yeah and they're too embarrassed to say that they need to in quotes have it dumbed down Mm -hmm. and (laughs) I do that with no shame or embarrassment or whatever and I think they find that really um approachable and something that was just so missing in Mm. their life yeah that's interesting eh? because you would have thought it was the younger kids but then actually when you're at uni and school you school and uni you're very protected like Mm. you don't need to know how to do i mean you need to know how to split a power bill in five to play it it with your flatmates and that's about it like it really kicks in when you leave uni and you start getting paychecks and you know that all starts happening that's around that kind of I don't know I can't even remember when that is that's when you need the the answers to these things and I think the other thing there that's so magic about what you're doing is that you're like you say you're learning it with your audience Mm. whereas I guess there's this there's a maybe an expectation sometimes with things like this that you're the expert and you're teaching people yeah but I love the way you're like I'm figuring it out and that makes it relatable engaging but also probably means that you're asking the right questions exactly and that was definitely one of the main things I wanted to pull through is that I am not an expert I am like you said learning alongside you and I'm happy to ask those dumb questions questions (laughs) on behalf of everyone else who's too embarrassed and ashamed which you absolutely shouldn't be but you know I understand that you feel embarrassed and ashamed that you weren't taught these things because you know you were never given the opportunity yeah um and 
yeah, I think also just sharing my experience. I'm not, the things I share may not necessarily be the best or the right way to do things, but it's me learning. And I think you can Mm -hmm. take a lot from watching someone else do something that you're not willing to do yet as well. Mm. Um, So, yeah. Yeah. And people are going to be so interested to follow your journey from here. Like everyone, make sure you go and follow Sarah on social (laughs) and we'll put the links in and everything. But just the fact that you're going to document this process, like I'm fascinated to see and to like, follow it along with you and I'm sure you'll have a lot of supporters and your people will pop out of the woodwork and opportunities will come up and everyone's coming along for the ride in that way too yeah I think just sharing it and being vulnerable with that mm. journey is really important and I'm happy I'm al- I'm someone who's always been happy to like share my life and mm. I have shared exactly how much my student loan is, how much I have my KiwiSaver, what I'm investing in, Mm -hmm. how much I invest in. I have no problem sharing things like that because I think it's necessary to get an idea. And that doesn't mean it's the right thing or the best way to do it, but it's actually just to put some practical real life figures and Mm. you know emotion to what it is you're learning about yeah so valuable and I think one thing that came up for me when I was listening to you talk about your experience recently that and we've kind of touched on ego a little bit it's kind Mm. of related to that but this comes up on pep talk a bit in a business context but also in a life context is about like what people will think oh yeah (laughs) and it's such a big thing and like when you when you're out of it, you, you're like, oh, who cares what people think, what we'll think? Like, that's yeah. not a big deal. But actually, when you're in it, that's a really hard thing to overcome. So I wondered if you had any tips oh, or thoughts man. from your experience <laughs> on, like, you, you're doing it, like, yeah. and you're, I'm sure you're worried about what people will think, but you're putting that to one side. So what have you learned from making this decision? Like, you've had mm. to have this conversation a lot. Like, I'm leaving my job to focus on my podcast and my personal brand. Like, what have you learned on that? Yeah, I think that's a really good one because I've learned so much from that. And I um, have a really big fear of rejection. Mm -hmm. So not necessarily failure, but just being told, no, I can't do something or um, you're not capable. I I get really emotional about that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And so I've had to build a lot of resilience going through this because I've definitely had, you know, no one has actually torn me down or anything, but the old side comment like are you kind of with it right now like are you sure this is what you want to do (laughs) yeah and that kind of thing and I think the golden rule for me through thinking about that is I never assume that other people are thinking negatively or judging me Mm. if I if they're not saying it to my face then no one's saying it yeah so I try to think um unless someone's confronted me and told me they've got a opinion about what I'm doing everyone's supporting me mm-hmm. and I think sometimes we can get really in in the mindset in the trap of thinking oh I know there's people out there who are criticizing me mm-hmm. I know there's going to be people yeah, yeah but it's like but you don't know though yeah. because no one's actually said that to you and no one has confronted you about it and I think if they had a real problem with what you were doing they would tell you straight up mm-hmm. because that's personally how I would do something if I cared for someone thought they were making the wrong choice or like really mm-hmm. thought that my opinion was going to be valid to what they were doing I would tell them yeah and so no one has Mm. really um I've had definitely a few criticisms before 100% um but outside of that if no one has said anything to me I will just assume that they are supporting me and don't let that pull me down when it's it's actually more of a fabricated thing I've I've thought of in my own head yes that's so good because it is so true like you're, yeah, I don't know. In my head, I'm always like, oh, so-and-so would think this. Or, mm. like, what they think. But, yeah, exactly. You have no idea what other people are thinking. And, like, yeah, I love the positive angle on it. Like, we've talked about, like, 
staying away from the negative and focusing on the positive I'm so into so I love that approach to it yeah and I think on the flip side of that when you do get criticism it can be hard not to get offended by that Mm. and I think it all depends on what the person is saying as to whether or not it is constructive and um or in fear of for your success or they're just trying to look out for you yeah. yeah um and then someone actually just being nasty. I think mm, there's judgy. Yeah, yeah, I think there's two sides to that, and I think you've got to make a personal choice as to where they're coming from. And I've had criticisms on what I share and what I do on the podcast um, before, and mm. I've from that had to make a decision as to where this person was coming from. And I will always take on any constructive criticism mm. I get because I I am talking in an about an industry that is quite regulated when you're talking Mm. about finances and money and that kind of thing you don't want to be coming at it from an unethical Mm -hmm. um, irresponsible standpoint and I always try to make sure that I'm doing the best I possibly can and so if someone does come at me with a criticism come at me that sounds like they're attacking me they're not if someone someone does um, send through their opinion or their thoughts their feedback yeah their feedback their feedback is the worst (laughs) I always try and take it on um, as much as I can and apply it straight away Mm. uh, because I would never want anyone to think that my intentions are malicious because they're definitely not at Mm. all uh, and then if I've done everything I can and I'm still being criticised for the same thing and, you know, I've tried my best, then I just say, see ya. Mm, it's not for you, <laughs> that's fine. Yeah, yeah, and don't worry about it because, again, you're never going to please everyone and that is so hard to remember. I w- oh, yeah. I don't even know if I'll ever remember that, but yeah. you have to just keep reminding yourself you will never, ever, ever please everyone. You're always yeah. going to have people that judge you or have an opinion on what Mm. you're doing I think coming back to that self-belief piece like you just have to believe in yourself enough to push through those sort of things and be confident in what you're doing and you're the only one who knows your true intentions Mm. for me I know what I'm doing is for the value of other people and to provide a resource that I never had and wished I had Um, and so I know at the core that's my intention so I'll make mistakes of course but my head's and my heart is always in the yeah. right place. As long as you know that. Mm. Yeah, that can back you up. Yeah, it, there's so much there that's true. And I feel exactly the same way. Like, the the not being for everyone. Like, that quote I've shared on Pep Talk about, um, you can be the ripest, juiciest peach. Yeah. But if someone won't like peaches. And that that, I always remember that it's sweet. Because that, you know, that's something I struggled with. Like, we talked about with getting feedback from people. Like, my heart would just sing, you know, yes. like the end of the world. Yes. And you're like, this cold feeling comes yeah. over you. And you're like, oh, God. Oh, I've been there. Been yeah. there. <laughs> it's really tough. Like, I still have, like, post-traumatic stress when I see yeah. an email that's, like, feedback. I'm like, oh, no, no. I know. Every time I get messages, even, like, uh, if I see, like, a little message notification, I instantly, my heart jumps because I just think it's going yeah. to be negative, which is so not the mindset you should have. But mm. I think it's just that when you put your heart and soul mm. into a project you want people to like it yeah. and so when they don't yeah. it really sucks yeah you're putting yourself out there mm. yeah like very personally as well with what you're mm. doing especially yeah oh it's so interesting I don't think there's any like golden bullet for that but mm. it's just yeah working on it and being aware of it I guess and going forward yeah, yeah. um but and then finally because I know we've talked for a long time we better wrap up because we've got a good. plane to catch <laughs> but um I want to know what you've learned from all of this yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of specific things you've learned, but this has been a wild ride for you this year through all of these things. Um, mm. What's your biggest takeaway, do you reckon? 
Mm. I've been asked that once before and I always struggle to answer it. <laughs> but I think um, I did an episode on what my podcast guests taught me this year. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Their learnings from their life have really... I feel like I've really learned a lot through just osmosis of, of <laughs> listening to them and, and them transferring their knowledge onto me. Um, and a few things that I always come back to are just around taking risks and knowing that taking risks is a natural part of progress. Mm-hmm. Whether you succeed or you fail, um, you're still mo- moving forward in, in some way or another. And I have always um, been fine with taking risks. And I think it served me well and I think other people should be a lot more open to doing that in their life Mm -hmm. because ever since quitting my job I've had a countless number of people message and say I I wish I could do that or Mm -hmm. I really want to do that or I'm going to do that once this or Mm -hmm. you know once this it's it's the old classic like um once I get this I'll be happy or once this happens I'll be happy and then you never are yeah and so and I like, think why not now yeah you can do it yeah and I think I, I've often thought about me quitting like oh this wasn't the right time I should have done it next year so I just mm. could have seen out the year blah blah like mm. done until Christmas and I also just think no because no time mm. was ever going to be the right time mm-hmm. and I commend myself for just doing it anyway yeah. so I think taking risks has been a massive um, lesson and just in terms of taking risks that align with your, um, I guess, what's the word? Um, risk. Appetite. Appetite. Yeah. 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 So whatever your risk appetite is taking uh, risks that align with that. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then uh, alongside that element is, um, being curious so always just being curious about everything I try to take a real childlike energy to everything in my life I get excited and inspired about things really easily yeah I love that and yeah and I try to be excited about all the little things always and I think something that people have always said is a lot of successful people you ask them why are you so passionate about what you do and a lot of the time it's not really because they're passionate about what it is exactly they're doing they're just Mm. a passionate person and they bring that energy to whatever it is that they do and they might have an interest in in it but they're more just they have this really um admirable energy that they bring to what Mm -hmm. they're doing and a part of that is them just being curious to find out what it is they like and being able to apply the energy to it so I think that's really important as well and kids have that down pat Mm -hmm. like they just think everything is so amazing you know they'll pick (laughs) up like a stick and just be like this is the best thing in the world no treasure it forever yeah Yeah. and just protect it and that's exactly how I want to um approach my life like with that sort of energy and and just find the best like see the best in all the little things in life um, and just be constantly inspired by that as well. Yeah. So that's probably like a sum up of the main things I've Good. learned. Yeah. And I'm sure you've learned a lot of very specific things yeah. as well. Like all the, <laughs> you know, actual, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, that too. And then all the like 
how to change your KiwiSaver rate or yeah, your fund yeah. and all that. Very helpful stuff as well. But yeah. I just love that. And I think that's such a good way to kind of round it out because that really, I'm so on the same page with that, just mm. that. And I think um, put it about being an enthusiast. Mm. That's how I've like, same kind of like curiosity kind of thing. It's just like, I think there's a Roald Dahl quote that I've shared that's, there's so much value in just being an enthusiast about yeah. things. And, and people probably, I think in my work, it pisses some people off because I'm always like, I love Christmas. Yeah. I'm so excited about everything. I love people like that. No, that's the best. I love yeah. when people get so excited about things. Like it, it builds yeah. you up. Like when you listen to someone who's just talking about something they're so passionate mm. about, whether it's their job, the holidays, their family. Yeah. It is. It lights you up hearing someone totally. else be so excited about something. Yeah, yeah, and I, I know it's not for everyone. Like you have mm. to do what suits your personality. But for sure. Yeah, I definitely vibe off that, and I think that ties in really well with you know my positive approach to everything, and mm. yeah, looking on the bright side, and and it all flows. You know, like knock on effect from that is going to be endless. So yeah, definitely. Thank you for sharing all that with us. I know people are going to be very curious to hear uh, <laughs> the story and follow along with what's next and yeah. so I appreciate you telling I know you've told the story a few times but telling it again for us yeah that was actually a bit of a different spin on, on what I'd already said I feel like oh good being able to talk about what I've sort of learned through the process so it's been really cool to share mm. thank you yeah for me. of course yeah it's always interesting to like reflect and be like forced to reflect I yeah it's really yeah. helpful as well in this kind of context so yeah thanks Sarah thanks for coming to Wellington no worries thank you take care bye bye well, there you go. I promised you something a little bit different for this week's episode, and I think that that totally delivered. I really enjoyed my chat with Sarah, and it was very unusual, but also kind of awesome being on the other side of the questions for once. I hope that you enjoyed maybe a little bit of a different take on my story and a bit of reflection on pep talk as well. And I know that you will have loved hearing all about what Sarah's up to because I am seriously impressed by the moves that she's making and also the, you know, the fact that she doesn't quite know what's happening, but she just has faith that she's following her values and that it will all come together. So thank you, Sarah, for, well, thank you for thinking of me to be on your podcast. Thank you for sharing your story on our podcast. And I hope that we can keep sharing the love going forward. Thanks for listening, guys. Until next time. Bye.